Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm a tree. (laughs) And this is your weekly podcast, exploring the lives of the great poisoners and macabre murders from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the Dells that we tell. And it's episode 142. It is. And I'm actually Nick. Hello. Yes. Okay, explain. Nick and I warm up a little bit. We have a little bit of a chat before we start recording. And just before we start, Nick drops into conversation... I was a tree once. It was very unpleasant. It wasn't just like I was a tree once. It's exactly what you said. No. We were sort of doing a limbering up thing and you said, be a tree. And I was like, I was a tree once. (laughs) So it wasn't just like, chat, 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 chat. I was a tree. End of conversation. (laughs) I thought this was a good time to bring it to you. Well, was context and stories and tell? Oh, it was very unexciting. Well, Let I us went, be the judge of well, that. I, I went to a drama school, you see. I'm very fancy. Any excuse to drop that into conversation. I, yes. <laughs> I, I went to a very fancy drama school, you know. Mm. I did technical theatre. Yes. But on our first day of technical theatre, we got lumbered with all the acty people. Oh, good. Oh, good. Musical theatre courses and acting <sighs> courses and things. And we got sent around various rooms to do like induction-y things and stuff like that. And then we got sent into a room with a random acty person, one of the tutors. A tutor, like, an yes, acting tutor. An acting tutor. And he's like, <laughs> right, we're going to warm up. Everyone, be a tree. <laughs> and all the musical theatre acting people were going, oh, I'm a tree, I'm a willow, I'm an oak. <laughs> and all the technical people were going, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> so you weren't actually a tree. You didn't get cast. I thought you were going to say in a primary no, school play. No, no I was. I was... Emoting a tree. <laughs> and that was traumatising enough for you. Dreadful experience. <laughs> I can just imagine you as a tree. I know. As and the... then we all saw all the really awkward people who were like, no, we're here to like play with lights and build things and paint stuff. Mm. Going, and sort of there going, uh... Yeah, I'm picturing you <laughs> as the most unenthusiastic <laughs> yeah. tree coppist. Yeah, absolutely. None of this. None of this. I'll paint you a tree. I'll paint you a tree. I'll light you a tree. I can do a tree sound effect. Can All you? that, not a brother. <laughs> right. Sounds like you were the wanker in that group. It's like, no, I can do everything apart from be a tree. Apart from be a natural tree. <laughs> anyway, moving on from that weird thing. But how are you, Nick, otherwise? Because we've missed you. Oh, uh, yes, I'm back. Hello, everyone. And thank you, everyone, for your lovely messages. Now, you've um, been ill. I was a bit poorly for a bit. But I'm well now. I mean, nothing, nothing scary, poorly. Just very bad flu. Just a bit of flu that knocked me out for a week. So thank you so much for sticking with us. I hope you enjoyed the Patreon episode that we put out. Watch Nate put out because I was in bed going, uh. um. <laughs> Me frantically doing the admin behind, <laughs> pulling all the levers and letting off the steam behind the curtain. Like, I mean, that's, oh, how it works. that's how it works usually, to be honest. <laughs> I just stroll up with a cocktail and go, are you ready? <laughs> you are like, in Futurama, hedonism bot. <laughs> you were on a litter made of solid yeah, gold I can, I can get on board with that yeah absolutely someone feed me grapes wonderful any poisonings this week uh well only the bastard who gave me a cold yeah oh, oh, oh you've actually accomplished that that's good so, you've, you've you've struck them from the face well, of the earth well yeah i've struck many people 
Just in case, because you'd never be exactly sure who it was. So just get rid of a lot of them. Good. This yeah. is the first time you've admitted to mass yeah. poisoning. And also, I think I may have spread on the the um, the, the flunus to other people. Oh, good. So they could be dying as well. We're off on a roll already. I mean, it's, it's, it's downhill from here, really, isn't it? No, it's great, because you, you having a week off and being very sick, you're now full of energy, full of vem and pip. It also means this is actually the first cocktail I've had in over a week. Yes, because we... This is the first drink I've had in over a week. Oh, dear God. Because we last have... week, when we were recording last week, I wasn't because I was poorly, so I didn't drink. And I, okay, yeah. Nick, when we recorded last week, we didn't record last week. Oh, d- d- oh. I'm now confused. <laughs> what? <laughs> what day is it? Why am I here? What's going on? Well, we have a pre-cocktail cocktail. and ne- half a cocktail. A Negroni. But also, I think your brain cells are still recovering from the sickness. You yeah, don't yeah. know where you are or what's happening. I haven't had a cocktail since last time we recorded an episode. So That's two the weeks one. Ago. Two go. weeks ago. Oh. So I've had like two mouthfuls of Negroni and I've gone insane. <laughs> Which means it's going to be a splendid episode, everyone. (laughs) Well, you know, people DM us. Well, speaking of being a tree occasionally and being a cheap date, I think it is time for us to thank our delicious, always expensive Patreon subscribers. Uh, We most certainly should. Thank you very much to Rebel Mech Wolf. To Lisa Marie Hawkins. To Jen. To Alicia Cunningham Bryant. Diane Trapp. To Kayla. To Michelle Brown. To Michelle Bowen. And to Amy. Thank you, beautiful, beautiful, sexy Patreon subscribers. Yes, indeed. And I believe we have some variety of shouting out to do. We do. We have a shout out for Alexandra, a fan of the show who is celebrating their birthday on the 22nd of Mm, January. Merry birthday. Merry birthday. Have a lovely birthday. Enjoy your trip to Florence. Well, that's exciting. Can I go to Florence? Oh, can we come? I want to go to Florence. Yeah. Can we just squeeze into your suitcase? Yeah, we can do that. Squeeze into your travelling trunk. (laughs) The two of us getting in there. Like, you don't need these clothes, you just need us. None of that, none of that. (laughs) We'll dress you while we're over there. We'll go to all of the beautiful shops in Florence. I'm not selling this trip well. It's not going well, no. I want to go to Venice. I want to do the carnival of Venice. No, the big, you know, the big carnival with masks. masks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that'd be quite exciting. Because it's sinking. (laughs) It's sinking and it smells over there. (laughs) Yeah, well, don't go when it's underwater. I'm not saying, I'm going to go to Venice in 100 years. All right. (laughs) I admire optimism. I'm thinking prior to that. (laughs) Oh, we should go. Carnival. Listeners, do you guys want to come with us? We'll all just go to the carnival. We'll just agree a day, a year we're going. Get some big old masks going on. Oh, and you won't know who we are, except you definitely will. (laughs) (laughs) But we won't know who you are. Today's going around with a big alarm gone. (laughs) (laughs) Arsenic! Arsenic! It's subtle, really subtle. I like it. Let's go. It is a date. So, Alexandra, when you're done with Florence, go to Venice. And wait for our instructions. Yes. <laughs> wait for us there. We'll be in touch. <laughs> well, Nick, are you ready? God, no. <laughs> to drink cocktails and talk about poison. Yeah. Or you could drink some poison and we could talk about some cocktails. No, I've been missing a cocktail. I've been Ooh, missing a cocktail. You I, want, are I want them all. fired up. <laughs> Come on! To the point. Really <laughs> <laughs> no, no, everything's fine. There, there might be some problems yeah, later. Might <laughs> And it's your episode. I am going to enjoy the show, people. (laughs) Let's go with the first one. As you know, dear listeners, every week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell. And it will flavor our cocktail of the week. Nick's story, so his pick. This week's secret ingredient is... Eyes. 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 <laughs> the eyes have it. The eyes have it. The eyes are looking at you. <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> Big old spooky eyes. Big old spooky eyes swiddled in your drink. Absolutely. All right. There's, oh, there's all sorts of things. 
<laughs> Get to elaborate on your things. My brain suddenly goes into overload and starts, starts going, okay, say things that involve eyes. eyes. So I go, the eye of Sauron. Okay. Yes, yes, absolutely. That then, classic murder tale. And then the next thing I thought of of eyes, you know that scene in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom where the guy eats the sheep's eye? That. That's not pleasant. No, no. It's a miracle I'm married. Yeah, no. The, the, yes, the, oh, the eye soup. This no, 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 it's where he gets the sheep's... Oh, no, I'm thinking of James Bond. Yeah. No, James, it's octopusy. Octopusy. And the eye soup is in the Temple of Doom. The Temple, Temple of Doom. There's, yeah, there's, there's a soup with eyes. No one wants to eat an eye. I've never eaten an eye. I don't want to eat an eye. No, I've never eaten an eye. Eyes. Okay, so physical eyes. Ooh, that would be eyes. scary in a cocktail. Or the eye of the beholder. An all-seeing eye. Uh, the letter I. The letter I. The letter, I oh, may have gotten that, it wrong. Wouldn't that would be disappointing? <laughs> it was just like, the letter I. I. <laughs> is for ice. <laughs> ice is used in cocktails. I mean, I wouldn't put it past you. <laughs> I know you've been ill and you're like, this is all I can manage. Here you have some ice. <laughs> what have you come up with? We are having an eye opener. I love it. <laughs> That's I brilliant. I might too. <laughs> How many more eye puns should we expect? I, 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 I don't know. know. I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't possibly tell you I. <laughs> it's just now. Well, something that will wake us up. Well. Sober you up with more drink. <laughs> Sober. Unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> this, I am so excited. I'm so happy. I think it is high time for us to shimmy into the Poisoner's Cabinet Kitchen and shake up a storm. So we'll see you in a minute. We'll see you in a bit. And we're back. Hello. Well, Nick. Eye-opener. An eye-opener. And it's, it is yellowy. Yellow. It is, is eye-opening. Yeah. It's 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 a very bold and thick bold drink. Bold colour. It's, it's not a clear yellow. No. It's a thick, gloopy yellow. Opaque yellow. Is that what you call it? An opaque yellow. A thick, gloopy yellow. Are you just practising for the fact that you've got an interior designer coming around for Saturday? Push yourself. <laughs> well, yes. I would like thick, gloopy colours, please. <laughs> I'd like it to be opaque. <laughs> I don't want my walls to be see-through. <laughs> no. <laughs> and back to the cocktail. Back to the cocktail. But it is. It's thick and gloopy. Paint-like, if you will. <laughs> is it gloopy? I keep saying thick because uh, clearly my brain stopped working. It doesn't seem particularly thick. It makes me kind of go, I don't know, I'm going like eggnog or something. Eggnog. Eggnog. I can tell. It is not eggnog. No. Is it got I'll any egg in it? You'll find out. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> okay. All right. I think we should dive in yep. then. And uh, good luck to you, good Nick. Good luck. But also Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> okay. Mm, okay. Good mouthfeel. Good. Happy. Good mouthfeel. Mm. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> nutty. It's got something nutty and alcoholy in there. Mm. Yeah, it's thick. <laughs> it's a I, thick I, snack. <laughs> I don't think it, No, I don't think it's thick. It is compared to what we normally have. Yeah. It's there's something that has a consistency. The consistency. The viscosity is not high. <laughs> is or is high. It's more viscous than usual. It, more, more yes. I mean, that's what everyone loves in a cocktail. Uh, no. I would like my cocktails more viscous than usual, please. Yes. <laughs> and your bartender can't respond to that request. That he should not have his job. Sir. Absolutely. <laughs> no. um, I find it very pleasant. It's very pleasant. There's quite a. I want to say harsh, which I may revise that word later alcohol feel at the start first off like it's a really high percentage alcohol and you get that hit immediately yeah yeah i'll go with that yeah but i'm really foxed by this something floral i don't know if it's nutty 
but there's something thick in there. Something thick. I don't know. <laughs> have you used the pistachio? I have not. Oh, God damn it. I didn't think it tasted pistachio, otherwise it'd be rolling on the floor in happiness. But <laughs> is there egg in it? There is an egg. There is an egg. Right, there's an egg. Oh, is there it is, a flip? There is an egg yolk. It doesn't have a whole egg. A flip generally has a whole egg white yolk. Oh, everything. Lot. Oh, okay. This just has a yolk. Ooh. So this, yeah, this just has a uh, yolk. Okay, so that's the eggy That's the eggy. Thickness. That's the eggy and the colour as well. Yes, okay. I feel it is eggy yolky based. So we've got an egg yolk. Nice. Yeah. Protein. There, there is more than that. Give, give me, give I me, would me hope. One, give me one spirit. Is it a clear spirit? There is a clear spirit in there. Rum. It's Yes. Rum's in it. Rum. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It is a slightly aged rum, so it's not entirely clear. It's got a bit of, it's three years barrel aged, the one I've used. Oh, okay. Nice. That That is the base. Absolutely. We have, very nearly there, we need to have something nutty. Yes. We do have Deserano. Oh. We have, we have an almond liqueur in here. Now, the actual oh. recipe for this calls for, particularly, it's a creme de noyer. Um, liqueur, yes. which I do not have, it has an almondy taste to it. It's not made of almonds. It's actually made from the kernels of various apricots, fruits, apricots yeah. and peaches and things like that. As is Disarona. Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. So it's got a slightly pinky colour mm. to it. It's creme de noyer. Mm. So I've just used a Disarona because that's what I had in the cupboard and I wasn't able to get any creme de noyer in in time. We have a bit of uh, curacao, a bit of orange. Oh, nice, nice. Going nice. in there. Yeah. Um, a drop of sugar, drop of sugar yeah, syrup yeah. and a couple of dashes of the absinthe. <laughs> which i'm very surprised actually on this one it because i find generally even if it's a, a dash of absinthe i can taste it i know it's there this one is a lot lot more subtle than i would expect from an, a drink with absinthe in. but i do think that's the harsh alcohol that i Maybe. thought at the start i'm not trying to like blow my own trumpet going, i knew from the start i didn't know it was absinthe and then now as soon as you said it i've gone oh it's the the anise there but there was quite a powerful Looked taste of, of something which wasn't unpleasant, but you were like, ooh, okay. Don't know what this is, but I like it. I like it. Shaken together with an egg yolk, <laughs> uh, which gives it its, yeah, it gives it the, the mouthfeel. I quite like that. Well, I have two thoughts on it. The, the first thought is there's a lot going on yeah. here and we're not big fans of stuff that has a lot going on generally, but this seems to work. I mean, there's not a huge amount going on. You've got three it's basic ingredients. Well, you've got you've got rum, creme de noyer, curacao and an egg yolk. And absinthe. And, well, the absinthe is a dash, like you would have a bitter. It's not... Like, yeah. So so it's not as crazy as some cocktails we've had. Curacao and the creme noyer, they are in very, very small quantities. Okay. Looking at a sixth of an ounce against an ounce and a half of the rum. Ooh, so it's very, very short, small quantities. Which, But you can taste them in there. It does make a difference. Definitely, definitely. The second thought I had was, given that you had two sips of Negroni and went insane, <laughs> you thought introducing absinthe into this yeah, mix... I, I, to be honest, I had not considered how insane I would go after the first Negroni. <laughs> Nor did Hemingway. This cocktail had been planned for a couple of days prior to this, <laughs> and the impact of the Negroni had not been fully considered. Buckle up, kids. Well, we have the eye opener firmly yeah. in hand. We are wide awake. Our eyes are open because we're ready to solve a crime. Oh, yes. Is it time for a story, Nick? It most certainly is, and I hope you are going to solve this one. Woo! So today we're going to pay a visit to Mr. Richard Greenwood. Okay. Mr. Richard Greenwood, the 70-year-old Richard, he lives just north of Manchester. Manchester. Um, in the small town of Halfrey. It's a, it's a delightful little place. He lives in, a, say, a very nice little semi-detached house with his elderly and quite frail wife, Mary Ann. 
they have a live-in servant, the 18-year-old Sarah Jane Roberts, who <laughs> looks after them in their, their old age. Now, Sarah Jane is originally, she's from Pembroke in Wales. Uh, but in 1878, she moves to the north of England to join her older brother and find a job in service, a bit of a better life that she would have in rural Wales. A year after she moves, she finds this position with Mr. and Mrs. Greenwood. Now, the quiet little town of Harfree is, is not quite the exciting city life that Sarah Jane had envisioned. Going to Manchester, it's a big, bustling city. Oh. Fun things are going to happen. She's going to meet lots of people. But she's she's a few miles out of town mm. in quite a sedate little... This is where people are going to die. Uh, so well, she did not read the brochure it's, it's then. Not, it's, yeah, but, but it's a job, and it's a good job with nice people. Yes. So but she goes, oh, yeah, I'm fine. It's, it's not demanding. A role, why the hell not? Mm. Um, and from Richard and Mary Ann's point of view, they have found a very pleasant and hardworking servant to look after them. They think of her as part of the family. Yes, one that does all the work and that they pay, um, <laughs> but still still part of the family. Maybe it's like a second cousin type thing going <laughs> that on. No one really likes. <laughs> that, no one, that no one really likes. We'll pay you to clean our house, but we still see you as family. Please leave when we have guests. Yes, absolutely. You can't join us for dinner, but one of the family, absolutely. Now clean, absolutely. clean over the whole house. One of the family. <laughs> but the Greenwoods, they have made provision for Sarah Jane in their will. So absolutely. So they are quite committed to her. Um, but it was also, they did that so she would stay with them in their old age. Yes. They've got no children locally or anything like that. They're by themselves. They want They're someone who can trust. They want someone they can trust who's going to look after them and be there as they get older. Set her up in the will. It's a cushy job as well. It's a cushy job. Yeah. Absolutely. It works for everyone. Now, two years pass quite uneventfully. Really, in the Greenwood house, everyone goes on about their business and all is entirely marvellous. But then on the 7th of January, 1880, Ooh. now Richard's, uh, his old business partner, Mr. Cooper, comes to pay a visit to his friend. Ah. Sarah Jane opens the door and when she does, she notices a letter lying on the mat. And she thinks it's slightly odd. The postman had already been that day. That letter had not been delivered. So where has it come from? She picks it up and she notices that it doesn't have a stamp on it oh, so someone has obviously hand delivered it but not bothered to ring the doorbell and hand it in to, to the maid or anything like that just sort of left it on the doorstep and, and scarpered just frisbee it across the lawn yeah, yeah pretty pretty much just chuck it on the doorstep and and be gone now the letter is addressed to mr greenwood and when she escorts uh, mr roberts in she hands the letter over to her boss now richard he opens the letter quite curious about who would have left a note to him the note reads mr greenwood I want to take the land near the coal yard behind the druggist shop, Queen's Road. I will pay either monthly, quarterly or yearly and will pay in advance and will meet you tonight from five to six o'clock at the Three Tons, corner of Churchner Street, and will tell you all the particulars. I don't know your address or I would have posted it. Yours, W. Wilson. Okay. So, oh. Mr. Greenwood, he owns some land around town. I was going to say, because um, yeah. otherwise this is just weird. No, no, absolutely. He, he owns... I want to tell you about the land I'm going to buy. He's been a successful businessman in his oh, in his nice. youth. He owns some land around town. Obviously, That's someone is interested specific. in in renting or buying this, this property that the, yeah. he owns. But it does seem quite reasonable, quite specific. Here's a location. Yeah. Richard reads the note a few times. He can't think of Hugh W. Wilson, certainly not an old business contact or anything like that. But it was relatively common that Richard owned some land around town so it mm. wasn't surprising that someone would know that it was him who owned the land behind the coal yard and it wasn't particularly uncommon 
for people to seek him out every now and again to want to rent a property or to buy something or things mm. like that. What was a little peculiar, though, he thought, was that in the letter that this mystery, W. Wilson, claimed to not have known where Richard lived. So he couldn't post the note, but knew exactly where he lived in order to hand deliver the note. So that was commented upon. Actually, it's a bit weird. You, you're written, you don't know where I am, so I can't post it but I've left it on your doorstep. <laughs> what? So that's a bit Because I was going to say, like, you could get someone else to drop it off and say, do you know where he lives? And if that person was like, oh, I'm not comfortable giving you their address, so maybe I'll drop this off. But also, that's bit, weird. It's a bit weird, absolutely. Also, you'd knock on the door saying, this person wants your bloody yeah, address. Absolutely. I don't yeah, know I'm, where you live, but I brought a letter to I where you live. I brought a letter to where you live. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyone thinking... So Did he leave weird. letters all over town in every doorstep <laughs> going, please, please, yes, be the Someone must own that land. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Richard thinks it over. I mean, he's not overly keen to part with the land to buy the coal yard, but his wife, Mary Ann, says, well, just go and meet him. Go and meet this chap. Yeah. Um, it, it's not going to hurt. Have a chat in the pub. See what, he's like, see what they're after. It's no bad thing to have a little extra cash coming into the, into the household. The land's just sitting there unused. So he goes, oh, fine, okay. Um, I'll go. So at around 5pm, Richard Greenwood, he leaves the house and makes the sort of 20-minute walk to mm. the Three Tons pub to meet W. Wilson, whoever that may be. Richard arrives at the pub for his meeting and he inquires with the barman if he knows who this W. Wilson is. Has anyone come in saying they're here for a meeting with Richard Greenwood? Nope, no idea. No one has made it known they're here for a meeting. So Richard, he takes a spot in the pub he sits down at a table and he waits oh he's, no he's had to sit in the he, pub drinking <laughs> he sits in the pub yeah he may well have had a drink but he waits for this this wilson to arrive he waits and he waits and he waits six o'clock comes and still no w wilson now which is really a bit annoyed by now he's come oh. out especially okay no. Oh, I'm, oh, suddenly <laughs> i've thought of something i've thought i shouldn't say uh, no, no. <laughs> Oh, oh! You've had a thought. Yes, I've had a thought. It's shades of another case that we've covered before. Mm. But so he's in the pub, and someone hasn't turned up, and yeah. he's gone away from his home. He's gone away from his home. Okay. And I mean, Richard's he's sitting there. He's rather annoyed. This he's come out, especially no one's rocked up. Has he been stood up? Has he is he the victim of some stupid prank or <laughs> some such? He was holding a red rose. Yeah, I mean, twenty ordered a glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> it was going to be lovely. It was, it was so romantic. Oh, me, really, my land honestly you'll have to convince me sir 20 past six he's like bugger up i'm going home he tells the barman that if w wilson does appear then he can tell him rich has gone home rich has gone home if you want to see him go to the house you obviously know where it is you left the note (laughs) (laughs) so yeah now while richard has been out waiting in the pub dear old marianne is sat at home she has a she sat in her room on the first floor of the house. She's quite elderly, she's quite frail, she doesn't really leave her room much. Mm. It's customary, the door to her bedroom is propped open so she can hear what's going on in the house. So she nice. likes to keep her keep an ear out. Yes. See what see what hear what's going on. Nice, nice to hear the you know the, the hustle the, and bustle of thing people going around their business and. Or she's such got an ear like, trumpet in and she's going. I know you're after the silver. I know exactly. I can hear you out there. You haven't polished the fish knife properly. And around six twenty-five, she hears a knock at the front door. She hears Sarah Jane answering and letting a guest in. She can't hear any conversation or anything like that but later she does recall thinking that 
the visitor must have been a woman. The, the footsteps were, were, were very light on the wooden floors downstairs. Okay. There weren't big, heavy men's boots or anything like that. They were no, quite, okay, quite okay. light footsteps. And Sarah Jane and the visitor, they go into the kitchen and the kitchen door closes or as well yeah the previous picture of her kind of like let's keep the door open so i can hear the hustle and bustle she is there firmly with the ear <laughs> trumpet listening to everything going i could tell because of the pattern of the thing. They, they wouldn't speak up god damn it <laughs> they're in the kitchen for but a few moments oh okay right before a great scream echoes through the house now marianne is obviously jolted and horrified about this this noise mm. and she she gets to her feet and limps out of her bedroom onto the landing as fast as she could calling out for sarah jane asking what the matter is the only response is another blood-curdling scream from the kitchen and then silence Marianne shuffles down the stairs as fast as she is able and goes straight for the front door she flings it open and cries for help out into the street murder murder she cries mm. now next door lives a Mr. and Mrs. Cadman Mrs. Cadman had heard the scream through the, the relatively thin walls of the house and she was already coming up the garden path when Mary Jane flung open the front door oh, Mrs. Cadman Jesus. is there to see what is going on yeah Marianne bursts out in panic exclaiming there is something wrong in my kitchen <laughs> I mean, shouting murder. Murder, murder. There's something wrong in my kitchen. <laughs> my soup is split. Yeah. <laughs> my creme anglaise did not come out the my way I intended. Split. <laughs> Mrs. Cadman and her servant enter the house mm. and they open the kitchen door. And there they find the kitchen empty and Sarah Jane Roberts lying on the floor with blood trickling from her head. Ew. Now she's still gasping ragged breaths. Oh, bless her. And Mrs. Cadman's servant is sent quickly. Bring the doctor, alert the constable, go and get help. Mm. But there is nothing to be done. Mm. Within minutes, Sarah Jane dies on the kitchen floor without uttering a single word. Now this whole sequence, from knock on the door to Sarah Jane lying dead, has taken... No more than 10 to 15 minutes or so. Mm. It's been a quick and brutal affair. And when Richard Greenwood arrives home at around about 6.40 from his aborted visit to the pub, mm. um, neighbours are already gathering outside the house to see what all the commotion is about, all this yelling and screaming. And there's quite a crowd that is that is gathering. Mm. Now, the surgeon, Mr. Pinder, soon arrives at the house. He is the one who's been summoned to hopefully heal Sarah Jane, she's now dead, and he declares the cause of death to be repeated heavy blows to the head from a blunt instrument. Genius. Everyone goes, yes, yes, that is probably the case. Um, <laughs> though he does also declare that the weapon is nowhere to be found. Jeez, well done, him. Well, And then he leaves. I've done my job. <laughs> I've done my job well. <laughs> Thank God he was here. Absolutely. What would we have done without you? Yes, and Mr. Pinder. club to death. And also, I can't find the weapon. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Disappears into the night going, I am such a I'm good doctor. so good. I'm so good. <laughs> they would have been fucked without me. Yeah, leaving, leaving his bill on the side. Probably, <laughs> as he, as, as It'll he be goes. seven million pounds. Yeah. <laughs> now, Superintendent Beck takes charge of the investigation. And soon officers are knocking on doors to try and find any witnesses they can to what may have occurred. Mm -hmm. They find a Mr. E.A. Halling. Um, Ooh, now, nice. he is a school board officer whose house overlooks the back of the Greenwood home. Mm. Now, Mr. Halling tells that he, he has heard someone rush past his front door around the same sort of time and then apparently splash through a deep clay pit 
um, that sat across the road. So someone has been, mm-hmm. someone has run and then run across this, yeah, this muddy clay waterlogged area. I love um, in the olden times how everyone was listening to people's footsteps. Absolutely nothing else to do. Pressed against the wall There's for no any telly entertainment. or Netflix or Spotify <laughs> or anything like that, is there? You were just like, okay, let's just spend a lovely night, people, at the I'm wall. Just staring out the window. Going, Children, let's press our ears against the wall. Perhaps someone will run by. Someone might get murdered tonight. Let's find out. Yeah, that guy was in his element. He was like, yeah. finally, finally. Absolutely. He, he's he's loving it. So he, he has gone to investigate this rushing and this <laughs> <laughs> and things like that and when he has done that he had has heard the cries from Marianne murder mm. murder so police think well has has this has the killer escaped through the greenwoods uh, back door mm. he's gone out the kitchen door and waded through the water through these clay pits yeah. past Mr. Halling's house has that been the escape route now it is clear to Superintendent Beck that the letter from W. Wilson has been intended to to lure Richard Greenwood away from the house leaving yeah. Jane Roberts Sarah Jane Roberts um, alone with the, with the ailing Marianne but had the letter been pushed under the door by a burglar had Sarah Jane left it there herself potentially maybe intending to to see an admirer behind the back trying to get her boss out of the house it was yeah. a thought a liaison people, gone wrong yeah absolutely that people thought well had she perhaps allowed a burglar friend into the <laughs> house to and then it had gone horribly horribly wrong mm. um someone to steal all the shiny things she certainly seemed to have known her attacker she, it was such a quiet entrance. it was a quiet she the, there was a knock on the door she went to the door uh, invited the person in they went to the kitchen you wouldn't do that with a stranger with someone you didn't know. No, they were invited in and they she did not alert the mistress of the house. Absolutely. So no. it was... Uh, so yeah. someone she knew or someone she trusted Absolutely. at least. Yes, indeed. So yeah, so that that exactly is the thinking. Now, Richard and Marianne, they are adamant that Sarah Jane would have had nothing to do with such a horrid scheme if she had let a burglar in with the intention of robbing the house mm. or something like that. No. She would never have done such a thing. She had always been incredibly trustworthy. She'd mm. been there two years prior, yeah. prior to this. She, she did a good innings. You Absolutely. Know, she, she had a good income on the way to her. Yeah. She had no reason to try and yeah, why mess it to up? do anything like, mm. like this. Um, and also they said, well, that she had no interest really. She had no male friends that they knew about, no admirers, no secret yeah, lovers that she would want to let in the house or anything like that. The thing about secret lovers is you don't tell your employer. Well, there is that. Yeah, yeah. Don't just say, well, she never had a secret lover or any liaison. Like, yeah, that's the first thing I'm going to tell the people I work for. <laughs> Here's who I'm shagging. Yeah, but they say, no, that, that, was, that was not in her character to be to be like that. She was entirely loyal she's to a lady. employers. It was entirely inconceivable to them that they would have let that she had that a she would have life. let someone like that enter yeah, yeah. their house. They don't want to believe that she yeah. was in cahoots with a burglar. Exactly. But absolutely. then, did she let someone in who she trusted? Who took advantage? Yes. Of that. Yeah. Absolutely. That is that is indeed a possibility. Now, I mean, unsurprisingly, there is a huge amount of gossip in Halfray about <laughs> who had murdered the poor servant girl. What awful mess had she got herself? mixed oh. up in all yes, this. The lower classes will take the brunt. Now some said that Richard Greenwood, he had been very close with her with the oh, servant. Oh he had been very close. Maybe showed her too much attention, too much affection. He's had 70. she had she rebuffed his advances and he in a furious rage struck her down. The letter was a whole was a ruse 
for to him, give him to, an alibi. to give him an alibi. I mean, it's happened before. Yeah, the police said uh, no, no, no. Rich has been in the pub. He was absolutely He's in the pub. Seen. He's got loads of people being in the pub. He's got a perfect alibi. He's in the three tons. Richard had a twin. <laughs> Plus, there was no evidence. There was no rumours, no gossip of any sort of affair hmm. before she died. Yeah. After she died, oh yes, all, all over the place he was. <laughs> Couldn't keep her hands off her. <laughs> before that, no, no one had said anything. So make him sound like an octopus. <laughs> yeah. So people go, oh, no, it's not that. No. Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Oh, yeah. But then what about Mr. Cooper? People said. Mr. Cooper, the business partner who came to oh, visit. Oh, he did, he did. It must have been him. It must have been him. He had been at the door when the note was found, when the letter was discovered. Had he left it on the door before he had knocked? Mm. And they said, oh, look, there's a note for you there. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's a great bit of acting there, Absolutely. isn't it? Hello, I've come by to talk about... Oh, no, there's look, a note. Look, a note. And it's a strange that person hand-delivered it without a stamp. I shall be on my way now. Yeah. Had he, had he dropped it there to get his business partner out of the house so he could have his wicked way with the servant girl mm. absolutely other people said no no Why? he couldn't he had an alibi he's got a perfectly good alibi oh does he he's living elsewhere at the time yeah. no it's not him at all okay stop making stuff up <laughs> stop making up these lies about people oh I don't know it's, it's, it's quite a compelling story <laughs> Alibis can be pulled apart, I tell you. Yeah, now, the police received several anonymous letters claiming, I know exactly who the murderer is. Absolutely. It was the milkman. It was the milkman. <laughs> Mr. Partington, the milkman. <laughs> it was him. Never liked him. Dead behind the eyes, Mr. Partington. He's a, he was a right wronger. Always chatting with Sarah Jane, he was dropping off the milk. Making milky comments. Is like... <laughs> No. Mr. No. Partington. Mr. Partington, the milkman. The milkman. He was turning up going, oh, I've got two big pints for you. <laughs> so, well, I don't know how I made that sexual. Yeah, but I know, still. but you managed, didn't you? Can I churn your butter? <laughs> so, please go, no, no, Mr. Partington. You Stop leave Mr. Baby. Partington alone. He was on his rounds the other side of town at the, this time. Shagging Loads all the housewives. seen him. <laughs> Nothing to do. You leave Mr. Partington alone. <laughs> leave him alone. He's got a good thing going <laughs> on there. Absolutely. He a, loves his cows. A little a too much, lovely, actually. He's a lovely, lovely man. <laughs> milky, milky. <laughs> no, it's him. It's him, Nick. It's him. I am convinced. Uh, another letter is sent into the Newcastle Ooh. Daily Chronicle. Again, what, claiming... Newcastle? Yeah, Newcastle Daily Chronicle. See, this, this has gone. This has gone nationwide. Oh, okay. The murder of Sarah Jane Roberts is, isn't yeah, it's big news. Right, the Times, mate. The Times. But no, someone has someone has written into the Newcastle Daily Chronicle nice. again, claiming I know the identity of the killer. I know who did it. Brilliant. I can't tell you who did it <laughs> <laughs> because I've I've been in trouble with the police myself. Oh. So I can't tell you who did it. Okay. But I know who did it. But you do. But I can't tell you. You can't tell it. Is he drinking a pint of milk? <laughs> <laughs> okay, compelling. Yeah. I am a criminal. I'm yeah. in trouble with the law. I know who did it, but I can't tell you who I did it. You. But I definitely know. Yeah, I definitely know. Is he a psychic but as I can't well? Tell you. <laughs> I will tell your fortune. I know that there's something going on. Yeah. <laughs> the coroner's inquest on Sarah Jane Roberts returns okay. a verdict of murder against some person or persons unknown. Oh. Sarah Jane Roberts was buried at Christ Church on the 10th of January, 1880. Three days after she has been murdered. Okay, it was quick, actually. Uh, speedy, right, absolutely. Speedy. Three days Lovely. after. Time for a drink. Is it time for a drink? Time for a drink. Oh, I think it is. I'm not time for a drink. Time for a drink. Okay. Yeah. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Nick, we have our drinks. We do. Hooray. Sarah Jane is in the ground. She's in the ground. Uh. Now, Richard, Richard Greenwood, he had insisted on paying for all the funeral expenses. Of that he was yeah he was devastated about the loss of his his delightful servant and as so, you have said she yeah. was like family absolutely and that's good of him so he was there at the funeral alongside uh, Sarah Dane's brothers and sisters and and her mother Elizabeth had come over from Wales to attend the funeral at the end of the service just before the coffin is closed and she's she's put into the ground a Manchester photographer a chap called James Mudd um, had arranged to take several photographs okay. of Sarah Jane hoping it might jog someone's memory or some such put it in the paper oh have okay. you seen this woman did you see what happened type of thing oh i thought they um, were, they might be doing the death photos <laughs> no no i think i think this was meant to be as a help wanted type not help wanted but as a <laughs> come work for this corpse yeah. <laughs> this person is dead did you see anything <laughs> type thing i mean lovely yeah love the 1800s i said here is a corpse in a coffin yeah. do you know who it is do you know who killed this person here's a dead body james he was getting in there with his camera getting getting some pictures and he decided he took several very very close-up particular pictures of her face yeah as you would and he, as you would and he went very very close up into her eyes and took several close-up pictures before being ushered away Eyes, you say? Now, Superintendent Bent, who is present at the funeral, takes note of James Mudd's close-ups of the eyes, and he has an idea. Okay. He's read something, and he orders magnifications of the photographs to be produced. If they are examined closely enough, he thinks, Right. Perhaps they will see the face of the killer. No. In her eyes. (laughs) (laughs) I it it crossed my mind. <laughs> it crossed my mind. I was like, "There's no way that Nick's going to say that." There's not. No. 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 Mm. I will not have it said. And yet, I'm so happy that it's yes, been said. Absolutely. That they believe <laughs> that the photograph will capture them at the moment of at death. The moment of death. The killer preserved in the eye. Absolutely. The last viewings of the victim will mm. catch the killer, and it, yeah, it's preserved. In the eyeballs. And there's something so poetically gothic about Um, it. Maybe you do take that captured picture of that person who has done the most wrong to you to the other side. (laughs) But also science. Also, yeah, science. (laughs) It is a rather seemingly fanciful method for identifying a killer. Are you going to fucking tell me this works? <laughs> the, this, uh, this idea is lampooned in the press. As soon as the press get hold of it, <laughs> right. absolutely ridiculed. Okay. With, with, with good reason. The, with the, good reason. That people would think, uh, that the superintendent would think that such a thing would work. Oh, I mean, um, everyone had their superstitions. Absolutely. And folklore was all yeah. you had. No, you indeed. Didn't the, have the technology. The most eminent Dr. Emerisa Jones, the honorary surgeon at the Royal Eye Hospital, he is interviewed in the Manchester Times. Yeah. And he clearly states that such an idea is quite preposterous ludicrous fair enough the eye should have been removed immediately (laughs) after death (laughs) to be within any hope 
of capturing an image. Three days, you're mad. <laughs> Never going to happen. <laughs> no, that didn't happen. It did happen. That happened. <laughs> oh, mate. Oh, no. Nonsense. Oh. Three days later. No, it's spoiled. The eye is spoiled. All of its secrets have leaked out into the brain. No. What are they doing? The brain. The brain surgeons. <laughs> the brain surgeons are doing nothing because they're brain surgeons. They're going, you're all mental. You're all mad. <laughs> the no. dentists are going, we can tell from the teeth. <laughs> the, the superintendent is quite disappointed as he squints <laughs> at these magnified images. There is no ghostly image of the killer of Sarah Jane Roberts. Oh, did he suspect the photographer? <laughs> He's like, wait a minute, I can see something reflected in the eye. It's mm. a man with a camera. It's a man with a camera. <laughs> this is actually <laughs> oh, it's the so good. <laughs> earliest instance of optography, as it is known, to be recorded in British murder case. Really? It's the first time that this has been recorded in a British murder case. So, so this is a theory. My understanding was that it, it existed for, for, for many, many it's years It existed beforehand. for many, 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 many years. But no one hundreds had of a... years. The sort of idea that, yeah, the, the eyes are the window to the soul, but more of in a sort of metaphysical sort of way, not in yeah. the sort of the scientific things behind it. Um, there still isn't. Yes, there is. No, why? How? What? No. No. All right, let's, let's have okay. your science versus actual so, science. So, yeah, so the idea is that, yeah, the, the, the last thing a person sees is imprinted on their retinas before they die. Now, they, they tried it on Andy Chapman and Mary Jane Kelly. Um, yes. <laughs> Ripper victims. It didn't work with them either. <laughs> Famously. <laughs> Unfortunately. So, no, no effect on that. It's a German physiologist, a chap called Wilhelm Kuhn, who actually pioneered real science behind the theory mm -hmm. and this is really contemporary with when superintendent bent is trying this okay. we're talking early 1880s yeah he's over in germany he has discovered a a chemical a pigment in the eye and it, it exists um and it's in the rods of the retina uh, the back of the eye you know mm -hmm. you have rods and cones yeah, yeah, that yeah. do light and um color and things like that so in the rods of your the back of your eye you have this chemical this pigment which is now known as rhodopsin and it is responsible for vision in low light so okay. if you're if you're in darkness goes goes black as soon as it's exposed to light the pigment bleaches and it becomes white and then blah blah, blah. and it's, it's a legitimate thing absolutely works and he was able to prove through a variety of very animal unfriendly experiments oh, God. he was actually able to take images from the back of eyes that represent the last thing that they saw and there's actually quite a famous experiment he did with a rabbit and the image he was able to produce is of the last thing the rabbit saw but under such strict laboratory conditions mm. that it, it would never be applicable to a real life situation so what he was able to do, he, almost like uh, producing a photograph, he was able to get a, a photograph yeah. from the bat, from the retina of the of this rabbit, wow. and the image that was produced okay. was of the last thing. So he took he got a rabbit. He got a rabbit. He, he, got, a, he got a rabbit. Oh Jesus! And the rabbit is held still in a in a cage, oh, completely completely stationary. The rabbit is blindfolded for about half an hour or so. So it allows this pigment to build up in the back of the retinas. Right. The the hood is then lifted and yep. the rabbit is confronted by a window. It's like a quite a gothic window with with um, sashes and things and bars on it for about a few minutes. The rabbit can't move around and look at other things. He's looking at this window. Mm -hmm. The rabbit is then decapitated. Uh, okay. Killed quite quickly. The eye removed. And the retina is soaked in a, a solution of alum, which fixes this pigment into place. And when that is looked, you can see the window 
you can see the window in the render the, the sort of the, the sashes and the bars and the wooden frame of the That's window insane. you can actually see and there are there you can find these pictures online Wow. Um, you can see that. Is that something like the, you know, when you close your eyes after yes. being exposed to sunlight, Absolutely. you can still see the yeah. shape of something? Exactly. It's, it's exactly that. But because, but because the rabbit has had his head held still <laughs> looking in one place, <laughs> this is not someone who's moving around yeah. or anything like that. It wouldn't work. So it's in such tightly control, controlled conditions that mm. it does actually work. But it's, say, it has no application in real life. No. Or anything like that. A weird science behind it. Well, I suppose that has been of centuries of people. If you stare at the sun long enough, you will still see the imprint of yeah. it. So there's got it, to be it, some logic yeah. behind it. But then people took it like, you will see the person who killed exactly. you. In people were thinking detail. it would be like a photograph or something. And it's not like that, absolutely. <laughs> I know. And you would think a superintendent would think that. <laughs> so perhaps he, he's read an exciting science journal that's just been published from Germany. He's going, oh, I can use that. Oh, he's, he's probably so smug thinking that I have solved <laughs> this guy's honestly listen to this now you've got evidence you've got hard evidence of fingerprints no 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 my friend i have eyes I have on eyes. the side okay well so, i'm i'm mildly swayed yeah so, i'm mildly swayed to that there's an imprint of light there also. is there is a thing that happens it does not help you solve crimes no, <laughs> no. also it requires you to force a person to look at something for a while and then cut their head and then off, cut their head off so. so so not not progressive yeah, exactly. i would say and i mean the the doctor in the paper was right it has to be instant you can't, you can't leave for three days. <laughs> you need the eyes out straight Can you away. imagine that doctor at Crimes like, has your eyes out? No time to grieve, family. None of that. Give me that. their eyes and their head. Anyway, back to, back to poor old <laughs> Sarah Jane them. Roberts. I like that segue. Thank you very much. Yeah. We now move to late January 1880. So only a few weeks or so after the murder. The police are not having much luck trying to track down mm. anyone. Two vagabonds, a Robert Heald and a Thomas Laycock, arrive in Plymouth. Where they they lodge with a Mrs. Sprague. Now, These are good, good musical names. <laughs> Laycock and Mrs. Sprague. Mrs. Sprague. Yes. Now the pair rarely leave their their room. Really, Sexy. Mrs. Sprague is convinced they're up to no good. Up to no good. Up those to two. no good. Kissing. She has read all about this murder of Sarah Jane up in Manchester. <laughs> Nosy landlady yeah. lover. And when Robert Hill reveals that he has come from Manchester, well. <laughs> that proves it absolutely a suspicious looking northerner a must be a murderer absolutely she's convinced she has solved the crime she goes to the police i've got the murderer they're lodging in my house absolutely the two men are arrested <laughs> and they are taken in for questioning and they're <laughs> slightly, going, What's going on? slightly flimsy evidence i have to say but okay fair enough they are arrested it turns out that the pair are actually hoping to emigrate to Melbourne in Australia. That's why they're down at Plymouth. They are both running away from wives and children that they have left in Manchester. Oh, together. Oh, the love story well, that will quite change yeah, the Yeah, exactly. I mean, in my head, they are running away together. <laughs> they are escaping for a new life on the other side of the world. And that's what I said. The whole and time, they've never left their room. They're up yeah, there kissing. It's going to be lovely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, no, I mean, abandoning your family, not yeah, good. But yeah, I mean, if it is a love that dare not speak its name. Absolutely. I mean, and she was a bloody homophobe phobe it turns out yeah robert and thomas they hadn't killed anyone they really didn't kill anyone you know what um, they killed prejudice <laughs> they are they are soon released without charge and mrs sprague is given a sharp dressing down by the police yeah um, yeah jumping conclusions 
not everyone from Manchester is a murderer. I'll have you know, Mrs. Frank. <laughs> but they are gay. But they are all gay. <laughs> it's we a do not scene. know what happened with Robert and Thomas. Perhaps they lived happily ever after oh, no, no, no. They in went Australia. To they went to Melbourne and they had a yeah. happy, happy life. But they didn't kill Sarah Jane Roberts. I know. That we, we know. Can be sure of. <laughs> But who had? If it wasn't them, who was it? What's going on? Yes. Now, people are convinced that she must have known her killer. She must, she have. must have known her killer. She let them into the house. She stayed with them in the kitchen for a good five minutes or so, having a chat or whatever. You wouldn't do that with a stranger. No. So she must have been having a chat with someone. And this is before the screaming starts. Not just a random burglar or a chance madman who knocked on the door or something like that. Mm. You wouldn't let them in for a cup of tea in the kitchen. Mm, traditionally not. Yeah, but people, people still think, maybe did she drop the letter herself? As some people have suggested. Perhaps knowing that Richard Greenwood, he would be leaving the house. Marianne, she's invalided. She is upstairs. She's got the house to herself. Can she have some fun? <laughs> she's, yeah. <laughs> is she going to meet is someone she gonna lovely? Have some fun? Is she going to have some fun? No one's going to be there. Absolutely. It seems quite a risk, though. I mean, Richard could <laughs> return at any minute. Ah, uh, well, well, I'd He's... say servants of that time, elderly couple. She was probably having a lot of fun without them knowing. Well, yeah, maybe so. But and someone coming to the front door. If you're going to have some fun and you're a servant, someone's going to come to the it's back the door. Back. It's around the back. It's, I mean, and, and, and in more ways than one. But gonna, I don't want to say it. They're going to they're, they're they're come to the back en- door. They're going to come to the servant's entrance. Quite. That's another way. But th- there would be a se- more secret liaison than anyone coming to the front door. Anyone mm. who knocks on the front door is someone with status. Yes, absolutely. And they would have to open it and let them in. And this is someone she trusted to go okay or someone known in the neighborhood someone Mm. not of nobility because they would not go into the kitchen but maybe a service person but who was able to come calling yes absolutely and go into the kitchen it was it was confirmed during the post-mortem that sarah jane had died a virgin good and had not not yes so had not been but had not had any previous experience with men and had not obviously been been attacked been sexually assaulted during that that incident so yeah so the the possibility of her having a liaison sneaking a lover in or something Mm. like that seems somewhat far-fetched um potentially but then other people think well had she let in a burglar did she know some wrongans who had persuaded her somehow to to let them in so they could rob the place while the boss was out mm, or something like maybe. that, and then it went horribly said, wrong. Come through the front door. Come no through one the will front. Suspect you. No one's going to suspect. I can let you in. You can rob the place. And no one's going to be been, any the wiser. She's been killed, so she that she doesn't get a share. Absolutely, something or like that. to or, give them away. Yeah. So some something has gone awry there, but then nothing is missing in the house. Yes. There is nothing that's uh, missing in the house. There are when she's found, there are there are some coins um in the kitchen just on the side. There's valuable silverware and all these things that are in the kitchen. Even if you hadn't meant to uh, to murder someone, if you had, would you not grab some stuff? Exactly. While while you before you make your escape? Burglary doesn't seem to be the cause. Doesn't seem to be the, the what, motive. What is it about Sarah Jane? We don't know. What is it about her? Who oh, no. We don't know. Oh, we don't know. The months go on memory and interest fades really the police move on to other more solvable cases the murder of sarah jane roberts joins the pile of unsolved crimes that are sort of quietly 
forgotten about and mm. push to the side. A year later, in February 1881, Edward Lynch, a soldier in the 4th King's Own Regiment, stationed in Calcutta, he confesses to the murder. It was me, he says. He sobers up. No, it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> Had nothing to do with it, mate. Okay. And then people check and go, you weren't even in the country. <laughs> it really wasn't you. Why would you confess to murdering someone I just when you were pissed? People to think I'm fancy. Yeah. June 1882, a 33 year old Manchester man, a William Nightingale Thomas, turns himself in and confesses to the murder. Mm. He's also he's blind drunk. He cannot remember the name of the woman he is supposed to have killed. <laughs> oh. He's taken into police custody, but he is soon proven that no. You did not kill this woman. Mm. Why did you confess, you crazy man? And he is released. No one has ever been identified as Sarah Jane's killer. There was no oh. any particularly good suspects to begin with. Now, the Greenwoods house is, is long gone. The church remains, and the monument to Sarah Jane Roberts still stands in the churchyard. The inscription says, In the memory of Sarah Jane Roberts, daughter of Hugh and Elizabeth Roberts of Merlin's Cross in the parish of St. Michael's, Pembroke, born March 1st, 1862, met with her death by unknown hand. January 7th, 1882. And we still don't know what happened to Sarah. To Sarah Jane. What a mystery. Mystery. Oh, I like that. That is a that's a country house murder. Mm. We need Marple on the case. Well, we need Poirot. <laughs> we do not know. We don't know. I, as, as I said, she had to be someone she trusted. So it was either yes. someone she was in the cahoots in cahoots with. But if it was a burglar, why wouldn't they grab whatever Absolutely. they could get? Well, exactly. So yeah. I don't believe she was in on it. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Someone coming to the front of the house had to be trusted i'm thinking is it someone who comes to the house and says i'm i'm a police officer i'm such and such a person i'm respectable i need to see mr greenwood mm. oh he's not here at the moment he'll be back shortly i'll wait if you wait type thing you wait in the drawing room well you wait in the drawing room the only people weirdly the only people coming back to the kitchen usually is a policeman uh, or a labourer. Yes, And a labourer would never knock on the front door. They would yeah. never knock on the front door. They'd be sent around the back. They would actually purposefully, like, you knock on the front door, like, go to the back entrance, you're not coming in here. So it had to... Or a doctor. Yeah. Or a someone, doctor. Someone of status. Someone. Who is comfortable and someone trustworthy who Sarah Jane will let in without yeah. question. Oh, but, I'm, I'm, I'm off on one here now. <laughs> go for it. Go for it. But I, I reckon, I reckon something. I have no evidence, but I reckon something. <laughs> it's someone who's come to the house who's interested in her, mm. interested in Sarah Jane, has hoped to have a dalliance with her. She's rejected and rejected, and they become more frustrated, and they turn up at the front door, and they've left the letter because, of course, they've been there before to get the master of the house out of the way, knowing the old woman is invalid. She is like, oh, okay, you've been here many times before. Come into the house. And he follows her into the kitchen. Yep. She's like, okay, fine, sit down. And he kills her in a blind rage. Try, try something. Try Do- something. Doesn't, doesn't work. Kills He's her rebuffed. because she's screaming. And then he kills her. So yeah. I think it's yeah. someone who is welcome in the house and has killed her. Someone she, someone she knows but doesn't suspect. 
Yeah, because yeah. oh, it's a good one because of all of the positioning of people. <laughs> because there's nothing stolen. Oh, it's good. Yeah. Oh, I, th- I think you might be on something there. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I like it. But also the eyes have it. The eyes, most <laughs> the eyes. Oh, I'm so in. So oh, that's so good <laughs> to hear the history of it. Because again, I'm like, no, that never happened. But there's actual scientific. Yeah. I'm going to go off on a slight other tangent as well. I know we're running, ahead. but there was there was another there was another case. I think in the early 1900s mm. of a French criminal whose eyes were taken after his execution they they did the same sort of procedure with trying to uh fix the the image um of the last thing he saw and you again you can find it online it is this sort of it's very sort of geometric shape and maybe if we can we'll put it in the episode yes or something absolutely. like that and from the look of it it's sort of like a curved it's a rectangle with a with a curved bottom and a sort of staggered top i'm not describing mm. it very well you'll see the picture we'll put it out <laughs> If but, we can't do it on social, we'll do it on Patreon, but we'll, we'll try and we'll, do we'll it. We'll get yeah, the yeah. image out there. You can find it online, absolutely. Yeah. And so many people think, oh, it's the blade of the guillotine that's, that's come down. And then other people think, because it's got this sort of like step-like thing to it, people think it's the steps up to the guillotine. Mm. So there's there's multiple interpretations of this is apparently the last thing that this executed, this guillotined criminal saw, but it's so open to interpretation. Yeah. Could be bollocks. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, the, the people who listen to this, doctors, surgeons, we know that the, you are out there. Please weigh in with your scientific interpretation <laughs> of it. There is, there is no founding in that the visage of the killer would be caught in your eye. No, but shapes... The last imprint clearly will be. But what do you think, people? <laughs> people people with medical training, please weigh in yeah. and go like, can we solve crimes with this? And also, this is a nice thing, but no. Because also my medical training has been on Google. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> my medical training is based on my mother, <laughs> who is a nurse and very, very good theater sister and seen all sorts of things. And she would watch certain crime shows <laughs> and watch certain films and go, that wouldn't happen. No. That, that's absolute bollocks. That's absolute bollocks. No, that can happen. That can happen. There, there it is. And it was like, I remember showing her face off. She oh, loved God. that. <laughs> what do you think otherwise? What do you think happened to Sarah Jane? Do we think it's an inside job with the family? Do we think it's very convenient that they were saying how much they loved her and the husband was out and the but mother was there and she's an invalid? He's 70. Oh, she's in her 70s. There. He's got a watertight alibi. That he was in the pub. Is she for quite this. strong? I mean, well, is she, is she playing the invalid card? Playing Ella, the invalid. Agatha, <laughs> Agatha Christie. Perhaps she was. Yeah, she's absolutely been perfectly healthy all along. Oh, we've uh, seen it. We've seen it in Agatha, <laughs> and she's got to got it from somewhere. We've got it. Yeah. She was a vicious woman, and she got back in her wheelchair. Going, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> so is it that? Maybe, I'm taking maybe. it on a tangent. Was it the family? Did they know something? Did Sarah Jane know her attacker in a romantic way or in a conspiratorial way? Or was it someone who was known to the house and was invited in? Is this something that we have missed? Please weigh in on the comments of wherever you listen to this episode. Please jump on social media. We are predominantly on Instagram. So please leave us messages there. If you don't want to leave messages on Instagram, you can email us or you can leave messages on Facebook or Twitter, if you're on there as well. Uh, we are starting slowly on TikTok. Sinead is starting slowly on the TikTok. Definitely all me. And I have a separate one as well. Everyone follow me. Don't worry, I'll she put may all the stuff. beat me into doing something at some point. <laughs> when I say beat you doing into something, you will basically be there front and centre, yes. swilling it's and me. a groaning. la, 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> if you... I'm a tree. 
people, if you want to see more of us on TikTok, <laughs> you need to be commenting on liking and saying, do it now, because otherwise Nick won't do it. But Sorry. tell us what you think of this story. Please follow us on Patreon if you haven't already. And thank you to everyone who has joined us on Patreon recently. We do a new episode every single week and we have lots of extra bonus material. So when you join us, you can weigh in and say what you want to hear from us on Patreon exclusively for you. And also we're coming closer to the end of season three we are start of season four but we want to know what you'd like to hear from us in season four we're going to continue the same format but can we do anything a bit different is there something we could do that would really tickle your fancy (laughs) thanks for listening guys we have been the people inside the poisoner's cabinet we will see you next week and remember your loved ones are trying to kill you bye bye